the marinade. There's no O in marinade. Let's try it one more time. Ready? One, <laughs> two, three. <laughs> the marinade. Marrow. Marrow. Marinade. Bone marinade. The marinade. The marinade. With Jason Earl. Welcome to The Marinade with Jason Earl, a free-flowing conversation about the creative process with creative people. This is episode 33, and my guest is Abby Owens, singer, songwriter, guitar player, hilarious, and thoughtful person. We're at Spirit of the Swanee Music Park for Swanee Spring Reunion. Abby just played an early set and then agreed to sit down for a while. We secure a spot near the river at a kind of pavilion of sorts with a screened-in back porch and a table and some chairs. Two hours earlier, she roused the festival zombies from their slumber with a festival-stealing set. I've got a head full of questions after devouring her 2010 Jason Isbell-produced record Indian Town and seeing that incredible morning set. This was a wonderful conversation, and I'm honored to bring it to you. Ladies and gentlemen, Abby Owens. Packing oranges till the sun went down And chasing those honeybees And I remember Check, check, check. In the woods and you start a fire. Yeah. Don't think, don't do the fire thing. Dance for us. Hey, hey. All right. Do you want me to hold this microphone? Yeah, it's best if you hold it. Just like that. Yep. Okay. Did I do it right? <laughs> yeah, you're perfect at this. Great. Yeah. I, I, this is it's my first time. Yeah. It's gonna no. be a little tight. <laughs> You're a nat. You're a natural. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, it's gonna get worse. This is just the beginning. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That is how we start all the interviews, though. That's how we should start that- <laughs> all the interviews. That's how every single one of these Perfect. begins. Okay. Good. <laughs> <laughs> we only speak in innuendo. The whole thing. This show is not called the marinade. It's called innuendo. Perfect. Yeah. Now. Perfect. Um, and you're in, yeah, it's your show now. It's my show. <laughs> thanks for doing this. Uh, thanks for having me. Man, your set was amazing. Thank you. Gosh, y'all sounded great. It was thanks. so much fun. Early morning set. And it's so cool. You know, we're at Swanee. We're at Spring Reunion. And it's like, I've been to, I don't know how many of these, 10 years of these, right? And um, those 11 o'clock sets or those morning sets are kind of are kind of tricky. People are, you know, the folks who stayed up till 7, 7 a.m. or whatever aren't. Or aren't stirring they're yet. They're not. <laughs> they're just, they're nothing. <laughs> but you know what you get? You get the people who are really there to hear music. Right. And I don't, know, I don't know if you could feel it, but everybody was locked in to y'all. I mean, totally locked in. It was interesting. There was some sort of magnetism happening. You know, a couple songs in, it's like the swell began and it, people were coming out. It's like zombies walking up yeah it was, yeah. It was pretty amazing i just kind of like collectively slowly coming hearing something from across the way and being drug into it we just it was, we could feel it for sure it was Good. amazing it was amazing so and and the, like you said something about those morning performances it's like there's a little bit of exhaustion there yeah. and a little bit of tiredness yeah which almost 
brings out something a little bit deeper than maybe you you would have played at a later time that you're more comfortable. It's almost, you know, that tiredness shuts off maybe something you overthink. Does that make sense? It does make sense. So you access maybe a deeper emotional feel to what you're doing. So you're like, oh, I'm tired. It's in the morning and this is just going to, this is it, you know. Just like instead of overthinking, right. you don't have a chance to overthink it. You're too tired. You're too. just bringing it down here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That is so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I would have processed it like that. That's really yeah. interesting that it and that came through. I mean, gosh, you just have this incredible voice in your. Thank you. The I was the the so much I want to talk about, but the there's a there's something that you get out of that guitar that, that I love watching you play. Wow. Thank you. I absolutely yeah. love watching you play, Thanks. and like that there's something about. And it's so fun to watch people who have, I feel like if I just heard you're playing, I would be able to recognize it. Yeah. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. If that makes any sense. Yeah, absolutely. It does. I think it's like, um, it's like anyone's voice, you know, there's a lot of guitar players in this world. There are a dime a dozen. A lot of them, you know, play a lot of the same riffs. They learn on the same songs. So you kind of have that common ground as far as sound goes across guitar players. But every now and then you come across somebody that's like, you know. I always wanted to play like Richie Havens, you know, mm -hmm. that crazy percussive finger style. It's mm -hmm. it's unmistakably him. Yeah. You know, and like like Verlin Thompson. Yeah. You when he starts picking, you just there's a certain way he goes about these licks that is just undeniably signature him. Right. So for you to say that about my playing. Thank you. And for sure. <laughs> thank you. You're welcome. And, you know, I love that. I love to be able to put all that together is. I'm always interested in the balance, right? So, like, for you, are you consistent? Because you write great songs, too. So you. you you got all the whole package, <laughs> and it's just so interesting because so, so often someone is excellent with lyrics or is can really play the guitar or, you know, and can kind of dabble in the other things. But you put it all together, and I wonder for you and your process – are you focusing on continuing to grow as a guitar player? Are you focusing on continuing to write great songs? Or are you just finding time for all of it? Because I do it every day, I think I have no choice but to improve on all of those things. I get yeah. bored really easily. And so wow. that's why I never play the same song twice. That's wow. why I'm constantly going for things. Uh, so I think, yeah, it's not necessarily a focus as much as it is I'm really bored. And I just want to <laughs> go for it. So I just try it. And if I land something, I land it, you know? So that's vocally with lyrics. I, I try to I try to be fearless in my approach to most of the things that I do regarding art. Uh, I think when we limit ourselves uh, through fear or what we think our moms might think of a, of a lyric or what, well, you want your grandma to hear this? It's like, mm -hmm. well, is it you? Uh -huh. And if it is, don't apologize for the it. The truth. Yeah, right? absolutely. Like getting out the truth. Unapologetically being real. And so that's what I think my approach to what I do is just, here you are. Yeah. You know, this is what I got. And this is what it's going to be. So I don't know if it's necessarily a focus on improving those things as much as it's just part of the deal. Wow. It just kind of happens. I don't know if I'm getting better, if it's just changing. Yeah. Sure, sure. <laughs> you know, I don't yeah. know. So are, what does that look like on a daily basis? You just mentioned off mic that, you know, you're having your coffee till noon or whatever. Um, are you writing during that morning time? Are you writing every day? Cutting back to playing at 11 in the morning. It's I like writing my songs in the morning because okay. the brain is off. Right. You're not quite awake. Huh. And so you're not cluttered by your schedule. You're not cluttered by what you've done all day and the experiences you've had and the energy you've picked up walking around this world, right? Uh -huh. You're in your comfort zone. You're in your little space and you wake up. And then that's like where I access, I think, the cleanest and most honest of thoughts Yeah, is before it gets dirty, you know? Oh, that's such a great point. I mean, I, I definitely prefer to write and create in the morning, yeah. but I don't think I, I really processed it as not having been cluttered by all that other stuff. Yeah. Because we do end up, that's so interesting. I'm not, because you're not tense in the morning. No. Right, unless you drank too much. But if you're not, right. you know, you're not tense in the morning right. typically. Right. I'm just like, it's a fresh day and you're, you're you start over every anxieties day. Anxieties of the day aren't so there. So you got a clean plate, so that's, you know, and I think that's the, <sighs> the, the easiest time for me to process what's going on in the brain so far. I mean, if I if I have a thought, then I explore that, you know. And it's and it's not I haven't been dragged through the day and bringing everything with me to that paper. It's just mm. it's a clear space in the morning. So. so it is physically pen to paper for you or pencil to paper? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, but it's but it's not 
I have usually have a guitar in my lap and the, okay. this on my knee. Like it happens at the same time. Melodies and lyrics for me, I'm a word painter. So uh-huh. I, I don't necessarily prefer to write lyrics and then bring it to music uh-huh. because I think the, the music is the feeling and uh-huh. the words are the description, right? Right. So if I, I derive lyrics from a feeling. Okay. Does that make sense? It so, does make sense, yeah. So it's like, you know, you wear a sweater for cold weather. I'm going right. to write this lyric for this feeling of this music. Right. Is it coming through are you waking up with the idea or are you Sometimes. sitting down to do the process and then it's coming out? Sometimes, you know, as a songwriter and this is my job, sometimes I do have to carve out some time and say, okay, I need to sit down and write this song. And yeah. sometimes that's successful and sometimes it's not, it's tough yeah. to force it. Sure. You know? Um, but sometimes you got to get some of that stuff out in order to get through to the good stuff. Sometimes you, know? sometimes yep. you got to get through that, that process of like, I've been writing something recently that I just can't, figure out where to go with it right and i think i just need to scrap it but i think my ego isn't allowing me to scrap it it's like i'm still thinking because i knew there was a nugget there Mm -hmm. that's good there's something in the essence of it that's good the idea is good i'm just not executing it yeah (laughs) yeah. it's just not coming out and sometimes that's where that magical bridge that was unexpected pops out you know it's songwriting is interesting do you have anything (laughs) that you do to get past those moments or do you just accept them? Like, if you're stuck, do you have any process that you have that to help you get through it? Say mid-song stuck? Yeah, let's say you started writing a song. Right. Let's say you've got a verse and a chorus, maybe, and you don't know where to go. I'll leave it alone, and I'll revisit it. If it's really something that will resonate with me, then it that's resonating with me at the moment, and I'm frustrated I can't finish it, chances are it'll, it'll ring true to me again later. Uh-huh. So I'll just walk away from it. Oh, uh-huh. And I'll either sit on it for a week a year, six years, go back. How do I feel about it now? Right. Hindsight can be twenty twenty for that sort of thing. Right. You'll see things you didn't see before when you walk away from it. And it can take on a totally different character. Absolutely. Right? Depending like, on your headspace. But I think f- forcing it, you can almost hear that in the song. Yeah. I think. As a listener, for me, I, I sometimes hear other songs, and I, and I hear other songwriters and the way they write things, and I'm thinking, well, that was a wasted line. Why did they shove that one mm-hmm. in there? You know? And maybe it was on purpose, or right. maybe they just didn't notice. You mm-hmm. know, it's 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 not a judgment necessarily. It just makes me wonder, well, is that really what you mean? You know? And it, that's the, so, so interesting, too, because as the listener, you're subjectively bringing your own shit to it. Absolutely. Well, so, I think as listeners of music, that's what we're doing. Everyone's right. doing that. We're applying it to how we understand the world. Right. So it's all interpretive anyway. And that lyric might just be incredibly <laughs> deep to that person, yeah, right? That yeah. you thought was the throwaway. Right. <laughs> that exactly. One. That's what I'm saying. Maybe that was completely intentional. I'm thinking, all right, well, okay. Yeah. And that's going to be different for you, too, Absolutely. as a songwriter, right? Yeah. Like, as a, I write songs, but I'm mostly yeah. a fan, right? I'm not really a songwriter. I'm just a guy who sometimes <laughs> writes songs. No. And so when, for me, when I'm listening, I'm, a, I'm really forgiving, like super forgiving, because I'm not as well versed in the craft, but I would imagine that if I was well versed in the craft, I can't think of a good example. Um, I tr- okay, so podcasts, right? I try not to be overly critical of podcasts, but I do find myself like listening to somebody and being like, "Why the hell did you go that direction with the conversation?" Oh you yeah, know? yeah. And I'll do it with big, big podcasts <laughs> too, you know. And I'm like, "This motherfucker's got like tw- twelve million listeners." Oh, that's huh? okay. I think. It, it, yeah, I know. I think the same thing with engineering. I'll, I'll be listening to records with Dave, and I'm or listening. And I'm like, God, what that fucking hi hat is enormously loud. <laughs> why? You know, they why did they go this direction? So I think we all do that because you know we we all perceive this world in our own way. So. Sure. Well, good. You made me feel better. It's all subjective. (laughs) It's just music. It's just art. (laughs) Can you, can you walk, speaking of art and music, can you walk me through that? um, Is it called I Find Love? Is it the name of the song? Yeah. Oh my God. I'm glad you like that one. I love it. That's great. A lot of people call it the toilet song. Why do they call it the toilet? Oh, because you said something about finding love in toilets? Yeah, well, on, yeah, and we talk about doing blow off the back of toilets and finding love in that scenario. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's beautiful. Uh, yeah, there's love everywhere, man. Yeah, yeah, that's and that's what it's about. It's it's about finding that 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 love and gratitude for whatever you whatever situation you're in or whatever situation you're viewing. There's beauty there. Yeah, and all of it. 
Um, and I, I have a talk about, you know, in the, in the, it's burned down in the ashes. It's in the bottom of the barrel. You know, it's on the mm -hmm. back of the toilet. You know, tie it up in laces. It's in the hookers on the street. You know, mm -hmm. buying the drugs on the corner. Whatever. You know, there's beauty there. Yeah. I mean, I've bought drugs, and I've and I've right. hugged my hugged my dealer and say, hey man, how are your kids? You know. Right. I love you, Mina. I mean, you know, people don't see that part of it. Mm -hmm. You know, in any interaction with a human, whether it's illegal or not, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> that doesn't mean it's void of love. That's such a great point. So. Just because society, or because specifically the, yeah. a, a governmental entity assigns exactly. some sort of value to exactly. it that might be a negative value doesn't mean yeah. that there isn't love in that right. moment. I fucking and love I, that. Well, and I think the general population would think, well, you're doing something illegal. There's no love there. Oh, my God. Oh, th now we're getting real heavy because yeah. then you could talk about the way that we treated gay people forever and the way that we treated people of color will still treat people of color Yeesh, forever man. you, you know? either act out of fear or you act out of love yeah damn you think it's that dichotomous fear and love? i think it can be yeah it doesn't have to be it's gotta be there's gotta be shades there though right i mean well. there's gotta be even in a frightful moment or if you're acting out of fear there's gotta be part of punching someone in the mouth is acting out of fear you're afraid of some sort of reaction you've had or are going to experience yeah you know, that's that's what I'm saying, like giving someone a hug or, you know, giving the, your granola bar you had in your car for three weeks to the guy down the side of the road. I mean, mm -hmm. it's there's fear and there's love. And it's either you're afraid to roll down that window mm -hmm. because you're afraid they might take something from you. Yeah. You know, it's not it doesn't necessarily have to be because you don't have anything to give or that you're selfish or whatever i mean but i think there's a fear-based thing going on there right when we respond to situations right fear or love i mean it doesn't have to be that dichotomous i see what you're saying but yeah it's, in the general terms i think you could categorize most reactions in either one right yeah i can't think of an example where you i mean your hug example i suppose you could fearfully hold on to someone you could be afraid and react out of fear Absolutely. for that comfort of a hug Absolutely. Maybe, or to diffuse a situation yeah but there is an element of love in that mm -hmm. so yeah i mean so the, the act that on that ostensibly is a love act could be very well actually coming from it's a place all of fear. intention and i guess we only know sure we only know yeah one of my most favorite pieces of music ever in, in a Jackson Brown song is I Don't Know About Anyone But Me. <laughs> that's one of my favorite pieces. <laughs> it's just that that one line is just, I don't so know about true. anyone but me. And so intention, man. Yeah. But you're also, you know, and if you know you, then you're ahead of the game compared to a lot of people, too. <laughs> I well, think it's so important yeah. to try to get there. That I feel awareness. like that's a constant, right? That's a constant. Yeah, well, that's why it's a journey. There is no destination. <laughs> this is how we talk at swanee this is how we talk at swanee right yeah, yeah i just feel yeah. it's not the real world out here no. this is a magical place yeah. where you can talk about fear and love and dichotomy yeah and dichotomy bro and then you got and i find love in all the wrong places well according to society you don't have to pay the bills yeah. out here <laughs> i paid my bills before i came just so i didn't forget that's smart <laughs> Did I find love? Was that something that you'd worked on for a while, or did that just come out of you? Do you remember right now? Oh, that was a 10-minute. Really? I, yeah, I took my mom on the porch, and I said, uh, hey, Mom, I got this song, uh, and I played it for her real quick, and it didn't have the, the bridge yet. Yeah. And, you know, my mom raised me to be very open for the mm. most part so talking about drugs in front of my mother isn't something that's unusual in my house that's great yeah so she's super cool so i remember playing it for her and her just be like i love it i'm like great went inside wrote the wrote the verse which is or the bridge which is just love isn't always ribbons and bows love isn't always a card in a rose <sighs> and you know love is everywhere yeah and so no it was a 10 minute 15 minute right it was really quick i mean it just I don't even know where it came from, really. Right. Sometimes it's just... It's just there, yeah. right, yeah. Or you're just plucking it out of somewhere. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of characters in that, in that particular song, or it feels like... Or is that a, a current of one character's observations? Well, uh, I would think that... I mean, I, I'm, I'm... The first verse is... Is having a conversation, presumably with with you know um, a male or you know mm -hmm. opposite um, of my sexual preference, mm -hmm. um, saying, 
how does it first go? Like, um, what's the first line of that damn song? It's weird when you're not playing it. That is interesting. Uh, should have brought a guitar. Yeah, should have brought a guitar. What's the first line? I got a little crazy. I, yeah, I, I got lazy. I let you catch up to my heels and you cracked my seal. Uh, so, oh. so, so tell me, do you want to know more about me? Because you want to know what be makes my heart beat fast. Like, well, let's get dirty. Pour, pour another glass. Let's go. Because I'm going to tell you where I find love. Wow. And so it's a conversation presumably assuming the person I'm talking to thinks it's just very shallow and maybe skin deep. Uh -huh. What's, what's, what gets me going what, where I find love. Love is not you putting a ring on my finger. You're not going to like woo me into there's love in everything that I do. And if you don't see that, you can't hang is oh <laughs> basically kind of the, the feeling that, that it's, it's much more. You want to crack the seal. You're going to really talk about what love is. Yeah. And affection and caring for someone. Here you go. This is what I think. Yeah. And that's kind of basically what it is. <laughs> it's in a nutshell. I like the way you ended that. You just gave us all this really heavy shit and then you're like, and that's basically it, I mean it is. I mean it's pretty simple <laughs> though. It's just saying I know. it's just saying that it's it's simple, but you. But I it's mean, not it's, a common conversation you'd have with the, with a chick at the bar. Ex but right. Well, <laughs> it's a, when I was single, it was a common conversation I tried to engage in <laughs> with chicks at bars. I do have blonde hair, by the way. <laughs> and I didn't always find that conversation to no. be um, no. to my advantage in that particular right, moment when right, I was. <laughs> right. My end game was not necessarily. Yeah furthered by that line of conversation but when it was it usually lasted for a lot longer than you know <laughs> than, the, than the other situations of course yeah <laughs> so that that song is uh yeah it's i haven't written anything else like it but wow definitely fearless in my approach because you know i am talking about things for you know that you would assume that i've done before right <laughs> right and family members do hear those things and that's yeah that's one thing that it's just I try not to put those walls up. It's interesting because you said you were conscientious of the fact that there were kids in the audience earlier. You were. That's one thing I will protect. Yeah. Now I, I will still write those songs. Right. You know, but if, you know, there's someone sitting in the audience that's a child, that that probably doesn't need to have to worry about how to understand that topic. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like. It's not that I'm afraid that I would hurt their ears. I don't want them thinking about it later going, what does that really mean? Because it's, they don't need to worry about that kind of stuff yet. Yeah, yeah. You know, kids need to play. Yeah, it's such an interesting balance because yeah. I, I, you don't also, I feel like, want to totally shelter kids. It's cool that you had that relationship with your mother where you could be open and right. that she raised you to be open about those yeah. things so that you're not later in life going, well, wait a minute, I didn't know all this shit existed right. and the people were this way. Right. I feel like that's a thing that I, I wrestled with for a long time was yeah. that my parents were amazing and they were really good about not exposing me to stuff until I was ready for it. But consequently, when I got away from home, and I saw all this stuff. I was like, I didn't know any of this existed. Right. <laughs> I don't know right. how to process this. Yeah. And fear, yeah. not love. I reacted out go. of fear yeah. for sure. Yeah. So finding that balance for people, especially for young, young well, people. Well, I'm not a parent. I'm right. not a mom. Um, and I don't ever intend to be a mom. Mm -hmm. But I, I also feel as an as a songwriter and a performer on a stage in a live setting it is my responsibility to play songs and convey these songs to to the best of my ability so that they're understood right i sometimes i talk about them beforehand mm -hmm. and that is my opportunity to say what i need to say about it mm. when they're listening to it on a record say a child is hearing one of my songs on a record well then yeah if they take it to mom or dad and they say what does this mean well that's on them you know that's that's kind of the fearless approach that you're saying these words and you're you're putting them out into the world and it's it's not always going to be perceived the way you'd hope it would yeah. And that's the risk you take, right? That's kind of, I think, some of the veil that as songwriters we put up because we don't want to be misunderstood. Yeah. You know, and you don't want to be held in a negative light because something was perceived the wrong way. It's like, well, I didn't really mean it like that. Yeah. Well, this is how I perceived it, so this is how I understood it to be true. So as, as a live performer, when there's a child in the audience, yeah, I definitely pick songs that, because I write some songs that are talking about 
fucking the guy next door. Yeah, you know? yeah. And it's a very much sexual. Yeah. Um, and I do write about sex. I do write about infidelity and those things. Yeah. And so depending on the words... Because you can you can fudge stuff, right? When sure. there's kids in the audience, you can yeah. you can sing a song that's like they're probably not going to get it anyway. So yeah, yeah. I'm pretty safe here. Right. You know, it's like those into windows and kids movies. Yeah. You don't get yeah, it till you're yeah. older, but there's some things that are pretty blatant that I will not play if there's babies. Yeah. You made me think about the on record. That's a great point. There is a certain amount of like the, your responsibility is done. You, you made the art. You put it out there. That's not your job it's anymore. It's the scary part when you let go of it. Yeah. Yeah. Because then it's just floating in the wind. You have to, well, though, I right? Hope it lands on the right tree. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Do you get in your head about that at all? Or do you just let it go? You know, I think about it, but it's part of part of the, 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 the beast that is writing songs and playing them for other people. Right, like, right. I mean, it's kind of it's like you're choosing a tank top and your nipples are showing. You're like, well... They're either going to freak out or not, you know, it's just kind of walking around, you know, <laughs> I mean, that's a really funny analogy, but you know, honestly, yeah, you, yeah. People, you, you put on something to express yourself right. or whatever you're doing and you're like, well, I hope they like it. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing for a song for me. It's just, yeah. you know, it's a little deeper because I'm talking, I'm getting a little piece of the inside. <laughs> yeah. And you're exp- right. And you're expressing you're yourself, expressing yourself, something, yourself. something yeah. deep down in uh-huh. there rather than just you know more phys- right not that fashion isn't can't be something deeper <laughs> as well that's right. not what i mean a wardrobe choice certainly can a be lot that. of people you know but a lot of people are the you know the first few minutes of meeting you that first impression you know it's sometimes the first line of the song will be, make people go yeah i don't want to hear the rest of that shit yeah or turn that up a little bit that's interesting especially do you think about that when you write do you think about the fact that in a digital world and we get little 30 second clips or whatever on itunes that someone is making a judgment at the beginning of the song i like to come out swinging with most stuff i write. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I like to come out swinging hell yeah i do i do <laughs> i like to put my, put my weight in it yeah i love that <laughs> i do uh because for me as a listener I'm, I'm i'm jaded in the same way i mean i listen to music and sometimes uh, i'll hear the first few lines and i'm like hmm uh-huh I'm like, well, I'll just, it's kind of like eating really bad cornbread. You keep taking a bite and you keep hoping the next bite's going to be better and it's not. <laughs> I just, like, I don't know why I'm eating it. It's kind of how I feel when I, anyway, some artists that I hear on the radio, they're like, wow, I've been listening to this entire song and I can't stand this band. Why am I, you know? Yeah. It's funny the way my brain works. But. Well, that, that kind of circles back to what you said, though, <laughs> about the, about not wanting wasted lines. Yeah. Right. So yeah. like, why, why put that out there? If it's not any good, just don't put it out there. Yeah. I mean, and I guess it, back in the sort of major label days, artists didn't have that luxury. Maybe they had to you know, keep cranking out whatever they wanted to crank out. Well, what do they say? It takes your whole life to write your first record. Yeah. Yeah. And then you get just a few months yeah, or a year yeah. on every other one. Yeah. It's hard to follow up that first good one, you know? Right. So especially under pressure with the label, which I know nothing about. I've never been signed. So, right. You know, I have had the privilege of being able to write at my leisure. That's <laughs> it seems like the way to do it. Yeah. It seems like the only way. to Yeah, do it, right? I would think so. You would want something organic and real. Well, let it happen that way. Yeah. And it wouldn't be particularly fulfilling to just keep cranking them out. I mean, and it's, you know, I guess if you were on some enormous level and you're making a bunch of money, you might be able to <laughs> turn off your, <laughs> turn off your, your, uh, you know, I've thought about that very thing. It's like, well, if I ever did make a good chunk, I wouldn't mind just holing up, having a little studio in my basement and uh-huh. just writing songs. Yeah. And I'd probably write a whole lot more. Yeah. But, you know, I spend 20, 20, 25 hours a week behind a guitar. You know, I play a lot. And so sometimes when I go home, I don't want to play. Oh, interesting. It, jades, it, it gets me jaded on, you know, that, on that circumstance. It's just. God, that is the, that is the tough thing about trying to make a career out of art. Yeah. You know, like I've got a day job. And so this is something that is just, this is purely artistic expression for me. Yeah. And if I want to sit down and write, it's purely joy for me. If right. I want to work on one of these shows, it's purely joy for me. I don't depend on it at all. You know, but in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, I love this so much, man. I wish that I, this could be something that I was doing all the time, but I don't know how that would change the character of the show, and then also how that would change my own life. Right. You know. Well, it's like when your hobby becomes your job, you yeah. gotta find a new hobby. 
<laughs> you know. What are your hobbies? <laughs> what are my hobbies? <laughs> I clean. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you keep from getting bored. <laughs> I have Jack Russells at home, ah. and I adore them, and uh, I rode horses for 17 years, but I don't do that anymore. I do like mm. to paint. I haven't painted in a mm. while, but uh, yeah, I like, I like, I had a bread company for a while. I baked bread oh, wow. for a while and sold at markets and stuff, so I really enjoy making bread. Cool. Yeah. Huh. Yep. Yep. Handmade bread. So that's, I don't know, hobbies. I like to fish. I like to camp. I like to be outside. Right. All the good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm pretty regular. What about <laughs> She's not regular. Yeah, I don't, I don't she ain't right, but she ain't regular either. I don't think that anybody <laughs> listening to this <laughs> thinks like, you're regular by this bitch. point. We're already thirty minutes into the conversation. Nobody thinks you're regular. At have this we point, have we even covered anything? I feel like we're talking a bunch of bullshit here about love and fear and That's how we do it. We've got flowers painted on the sides of our heads by now. Yeah, that's pretty much how we do that's it. That's how we do it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I usually I usually finish up asking what uh, what you're consuming. What are you listening to? What are you What am I consuming? Well yeah. see today, sir, I had <laughs> <laughs> We can talk Omnitoxic. About, we can talk about that too. <laughs> But I just mean like music. Um, what are you listening to? What are you reading? That kind of I stuff. I just discovered Matt Corby this past Corby. week. He's an Australian. Uh, and if Sam Cooke, Jeff Buckley, and D'Angelo had a baby. No. Dude. Dude. Get out of here. Dude. <laughs> this guy. It's been a long time. It's been a long time that I put on headphones and just said shuffle this playlist for yoga jams because I like to do uh -huh. yoga and I was uh, working on some BMI entries for work whatever but and this voice came on didn't even look at the I just hit shuffle and this voice came on and I literally I sat back in my bed against my pillow against the wall and I was just like I couldn't breathe like I felt like my eyes welling up and I'm thinking Holy shit, I haven't wow. heard a voice like that in yeah. so long. That that really just, I'm talking, turned the key. Yeah. I mean, it was really, really, really heavy. And I and I sent it to him. I'm like, dude, I, I, I found this guy. Dave, you need to listen to him. But you're probably going to be exhausted because yeah. it is exhausting. Really? Oh, my gosh. A magical voice. What's his name again? Matt Corby. Matt Corby. Instrumentalist, too. The kid plays, he's like 24. That always blows my mind. Yeah. His voice, I'm I, telling you, yeah. dude, it's one of the best out there right now by far. I, I can't even process that when uh, when someone that young. Like You'll when, hear, I'm telling you. When Leon Bridges put that first record out, he was like 19 yeah. or something. Mm -hmm. I was like, this, this know, isn't real. Right? <laughs> this person's not I know. real. Ever, yeah. All the young people that come out with these badass, like, prodigy, just. Just like, how did you have enough life experience to be able to, to I just don't get it. It. it it pisses me off. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is bullshit. Here I am, 32. And, oh. I was just listening to uh, D'Angelo. I was listening to Black Messiah, and I hadn't Oof. listened to it for in forever. And I don't know, somebody mentioned it, and I just was like, man, why isn't this the only thing I listen to? <laughs> you know? Dude, we have D'Angelo days where I'm like, we got to go. Gotta go to back to brown sugar. Come on. Oh, it's so Woo. sexy and it's so soulful and it just makes me want to do all the good things. The pocket you know? is the pocket is so deep. They're late. <laughs> I mean, that's I love it. I yeah. love it. That untitled stuff too. Oh my god. Oh. It kills me. Yeah. So this kid, Mac Horby, is who who I was listening to. All right. Whoa. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna check that out. Well, Eddie's gorgeous. I would imagine. I just kind of want to punch sure. him in the mouth. A yeah. Bit. Yeah. <laughs> I did it. Yeah, I yeah. did it. Yeah, really, oh, really amazing. good. But, but um, no, I mean, as far as songwriters, I, I, st I'm still, I'm still studying the old stuff. That, mm. you know, I, there's, it's rare for me to find something new, to, and that's, that's why I kind of brought him up because I, I mm -hmm. haven't found anything new recently that really moved me, um, because I'm still listening to Sam Cooke, Nightbeat. You know, sure. I'm still listening to Greg Brown, and, and, you know. I love it and all these guys you know it's this is the fourth time in the last five interviews that I've done that someone mentioned Sam Cooke which says a lot dude I love him yeah I love yeah. him it's kind of wild like recently 
you know, I've been doing this for several years recently for whatever reason. Maybe it's just the people I've been talking to. I don't mm, know. That's where I learned out those vocal blues scales that I throw over weird chord structures are all Sam Cooke derived. Uh, oh, yeah. Are, when you're listening to Sam Cooke, are you going, okay, I'm going to rip that off. I want to do that. I want to learn from that. Or... Or is it just naturally happening? It's weird. I, yeah, I don't actually physically think that I'm logging what I just heard. I have the weird capability to hear a song one time and remember it forever. Oh, wow. Not to a T, it would be lyrically, but musically, yeah. I just, it's burned. Interesting. So, so I find these little spots, you know, of where he does these cool blues scales. They were just, you know, they yeah. don't, they're not supposed to be there. And then all of a sudden he's singing this weird blues scale over yeah. this structure. And for some reason, I can just sometimes apply that. If I hear something that's like, oh, it triggers my mind to think of that one song, and it's like, okay, well, I'll just paint it like that real quick. Yeah. It's weird. I don't I don't actually, while I'm hearing something going, oh, shit, I need to learn that. I'm right. Like, Back it up. Back it <clears throat> up. Right, right, right. You know, it's just, it's just everything I hear is slowly like teaching everything I do. Blessing and a curse. If you it were is. listening to some shitty music and, and that got b- burned in there, does that happen too? <laughs> Bad songs or like songs that are kind of silly? Well, I think there's something to learn from every bit of music uh. out there. As a musician, there is something to absorb. I don't think there's ever an empty listening moment for me when it comes to music. When I'm listening to it, there's something. Wow. There's something, you know, teaching yeah. in my yeah. brain. New yeah. pathways for whatever, you know, is yeah. going on. I, The curse with music for me is that when I listen to something, it's not... It's like my mom, She, when I try to explain to her, Mom, do you hear this hi-hat? Do you hear this way? This, this, And she's like, I don't even know which part you're talking about. I can't really. I'm like, okay, do you hear this part? And I'll have to sing it to her individually. I'm like, that's this instrument. Uh-huh. She can't tell the difference. She hears a song in its entirety. She hears the song. She doesn't uh, hear the, uh-huh. the, 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 the nuts and bolts of it. Right. And for me, every time I hear a song, I'm like, hey, dude, you like that snare sound, dude? Mm. It sounds like paper bag. I love that shit, you know? Mm-hmm. But that's the difference you know i i'm listening to every little piece of it and so there's something it might not be the song as a whole might not even be lyric it might just be a tone that i'm like ooh, what's that yeah how'd they do that right that is wonderful what about lessons like from so you're picking that up when you're listening to to records what what about from people like verlin thompson who you've been have you been working with him specifically like have you written with him or anything no okay no frank and i wrote some stuff okay frank writes a lot with with verlin yeah yeah okay what about though people that you are collaborating with what about shows that you're going to or uh, like experiences that you're having watching other performers are you picking up nuggets there or have you learned specific lessons there most recently I had this conversation with Frank Serio yesterday about Verlin specifically Um, he's the only artist that I have heard that will sing a lyric and then the feeling okay so you've received the lyric you've received the information in your brain and you're saying okay I understand this story yeah that's I'm feeling where that is and then suddenly he'll follow up that lyric with a guitar lick that suddenly goes oh that's what that line just meant oh, wow. but you don't feel it until he plays that lick afterward and it's just like oh yeah. all right so usually the lyric and the feeling comes simultaneously when you're hearing something right it moves yeah. something in you yeah that's not how it is for me when i hear verlin yeah he's giving me the information and, and i'm already starting to decide how i'm gonna feel about it yeah he flips it upside down the minute he plays the lick afterward it's, it just absolutely makes me go whoa it's all right, here's the analogy. You go to drink a clear liquid in your cup, you think it's water, and it's Sprite. And your brain goes, whoa, that's not water. Uh, uh-huh. it's, that's how what Berlin does to me when he plays songs. Yeah, or you go, oh, cool, tequila. Right. Yeah. 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 But e- in any case, it's always a surprise. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> because it's not what I thought I would feel. Yeah. But it's almost like you're forced to yeah. feel that. But it's through his playing that I really get the emotional side of what he just said. Oh, that's amazing. And so that's something I've just recently learned from watching his performances more often yeah. and, and really studying what he's doing. It's just, I hear the lyric, I'm like, yeah, damn. And then that playing follows and it just, it makes me, makes me sit back. Right. I, I start breathing shallow. <laughs> I forget. <laughs> you know, it's, it makes me dizzy. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty interesting. It's pretty that's interesting. wonderful. Yeah. So that's, that's something I would like to learn how to do. 
I'm sure that Verlin, <laughs> if you asked him, I mean, he he was episode two of the show, uh, yeah. and he just went got so deep, and he's what an amazing person. Yeah. Oh my gosh, is. sweetheart of a guy. Just an amazing, yeah. amazing individual. We met a long time ago in Juliet, Georgia. Oh yeah. Yeah. Saw a little show he did up picking on the porch. It was very intimate. It was just like this, no plugins, just him and a guitar. We're all sitting around and. Somehow I got called out, and he he put his guitar in my hands, and that was the first time we met and played him a song, and that was pretty fun. Wow. Yeah. 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 I couldn't. I was probably maybe 21, 22. Oh, my goodness. So you've known him for quite some time then. Yeah, yeah. I guess 10 years. We just yeah. recently reconnected, you know. I went, did my thing, and he's been busy doing Verlin. And, yeah, you know, yeah. But we just recently reconnected, and that's kind of how I landed right here is really through Verlin. Yeah. So come on. Come play. That's so, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweetheart of a guy. Yeah, he is. Uh, he's definitely one of those saints. It's funny. We last time I saw him play was in a church. He said, "I just don't know about playing in this church." You know, I'm, I'm such a heathen. I'm thinking, "You're yeah, a heathen, right? You're a heathen. <laughs> this motherfucker's caving in." When I want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's a saint, man. He did. He did to spend a lot of time with Guy Clark. So you yeah, know. <laughs> true. That, that is true. That is true. You know, it's funny the way he talks about those days. I always <laughs> kind of want to be like, come on, man. Really give me the good stuff. No, <laughs> that's, why he, that's why he looks so good. He, he was over there driving the bus, being clean. <laughs> putting that lotion on it. <laughs> Drinking that water. Yeah. Oh, oh man, that's, that's great. Funny. Yeah. Well, Abby, thank you so much. Oh, pleasure's on mine. That was this fun. This was fantastic. Yeah. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Hope it didn't go way too far out. That's what we do. <laughs> I'm so glad you went there. That's <laughs> cool, how we man. do this. Right yeah. On. I mean, yeah. That, that, the best ones are the ones where we get lost and just go deep and yeah. forget the mics are on, you know. Yeah. Um, and I felt like that during the <laughs> I can't fit it. I, it's too big. <laughs> the muff's too big. <laughs> yeah. It's like Macy Gray in my mouth. podcast like that <laughs> scene <laughs> mama tells me that we were born at home there neath the orange trees we always story that most don't believe abby owens y'all thank you so much abby thank you all for listening what and just absolutely hilarious wonderful conversation follow abby on social media for her tour dates and other updates um, she also streams most of her performances on Facebook Live, and it's always worth your time. She's so good. Uh, the, the tone that she gets to the guitar, like I said during the show, just blows my mind, and she has an incredible voice and, and writes these great songs. So check her out on social media so you can follow everything that's going on with Abby. The song that you heard at the beginning of this episode was the title track, Indian Town, from the record that uh, Jason Isbell produced you know, we didn't actually talk about Isabel at all during the conversation. Um, I don't know how conscious that was on my part because I really just wanted to talk about um, Abby. But off mic, we talked quite a bit about the making of that record and um, and her relationship with Jason and uh, how he came to produce that record. So um, maybe one of these days I'll, I'll have Abby on the show again and we might talk about, about that process. But hopefully by then she's got a new album. Huge big thanks also to Frank Serio who was mentioned during the episode, and if you listen to this show, then um, you know Frank whether you realize it or not. He's mentioned in episode two with Verlin Thompson. Uh, go back and listen uh, to it if you haven't heard it before, or re-listen if you're a fan of the show and you've checked it out. Frank is a bright light, and um, he's responsible for bringing Abby to my attention in the first place and then for getting us in touch. So thank you so much, Frank. Y'all... Go on over to marinadepodcast.com. Lots of exciting things happening there. Um, we've got website-exclusive episodes. I'm about to release one with the great Rod Picot. You don't want to miss that. Um, his new record is just incredible, um, and it comes out in July. We got to talk about that process. Uh, I also have um, have uh, booked another um 
website exclusive episode with Megan Hayes. Her new record, uh, Seen Enough Leavers, is just just punch you in the gut it's so good there's this like longing to her vocals and there it's full of excellent songs so give it a listen and uh go to meganhays.com uh megan's m-e-g-h-a-n and then hayes is h-a-y-e-s and uh see what she's got going on by that record it just came out Uh, can't say enough about it y'all um follow us on social media Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, if you really like what we're doing, go on over to Patreon, patreon.com slash marinade podcast. We've got everything from a $2 tier to a $50 tier, and you can interact with the show in a deeper way. Um, we've got t-shirts and hats and stickers, and then I also produce a Patreon-only show called Jason's Journey that gives kind of like the creative moments that shape my life. Um, I tell old stories, and then I also tell sort of behind-the-scenes things about what's going on with the show, kind of a deeper way to interact with the marinade with Jason Earl. So if you can swing it, we'd really appreciate it. If that's not really in your budget right now, totally understand. Just give us uh, give us li- uh, a like on your podcast app, rate us there, um, spread the word, tell a friend about the marinade. That's probably the biggest way that you can help the show is if you like what we're doing, tell somebody about it, send them, send it to them, and uh, spread the word that way. All right, y'all. It's time for what I'm getting down on, the segment of the show where I share the books, the films, the music that is inspiring me at the moment, whatever art I'm consuming. We just recorded with Erica Blinn. I had this really cool experience where I got to see Erica Blinn, our friend Hannah Harbour, who has been on the show, um, Thomas Wynn. The three of them played in the round, and the, and the, the concept, it's called The Circle, and the concept is that Thomas, who's just this incredible musician, um, plays or sends out uh six songs to the uh the two guests he's going to have six cover songs that he wants them to learn and each of them also sends six songs to each other so you got 18 songs total that all three of them are learning and then they they don't practice or anything they just show up and then play uh two sets of these songs it's so cool and then at the end they play another hour or so where they uh, they just swap their own songs in the round and tell stories. Well, it was Erica, Hannah, and Thomas, like I said. Um, and before that performance um, last week, I got a chance to sit down with Erica Blinn, check out her record, um, check out all of her records, really. I, I can't say enough about Erica, um, but the most recent record is Better Than Gold. It came out last year. I absolutely love it. Um, I mentioned Megan Hayes. I can't say enough about that one. Uh, last episode, I talked about Rod Picot's new new record, and um, I'm going to keep talking about it till it comes out, and then afterward, uh, just tell the truth and shame the devil is the name of the album, and it's just so raw and honest and and just um, authentic, right? So just a fantastic, fantastic uh, album, and I can't say enough about it. Last episode, I talked about what I was reading, but I didn't really mention it because I couldn't get into it, and. And it's the hero's journey, which is um, like a series of interviews, basically, or conversations with Joseph Campbell, the writer and philosopher. And, you know, it's one of those books that like people have mentioned and recommended for so long. And uh, for whatever reason, I just hadn't picked it up. And so finally, I got it from the library. And I really had a hard time. The reason why last episode, I wasn't ready to give it any kind of endorsement. I wasn't really feeling it was just because of the format. Um, And I don't know what turned me off about that format. Maybe there's something about reading an interview that's a little bit different. And I think it's part of, interestingly enough, it's part of why I kind of went to the podcast format with interviews rather than the written format, which is what I had done for, for several years before I started this show. Because something gets lost when you're reading an interview versus if you're hearing it. And so it took me a while it took me probably like 70 pages of slogging through it and just like picking out little nuggets because, I mean, he's just an incredibly smart guy and lives a fascinating life. So there are all these little nuggets that I was picking out, but it just wasn't flowing for me. Um, and I almost put it down, and I'm glad I didn't because now I'm starting to get to the uh, the deeper level and 
now his words and his ideas are starting to impact me in a way that before it felt like a chore, if that makes any sense. And now it feels like, okay, we're in a good spot. So that's what I've been getting down on um, in terms of the, the music and the books uh, that I've been reading. There's also a great article in The Atlantic um, that was an oral history of Trump's racism. <laughs> Um, and it's really cool because they ca- they pull people from both sides. Um, they pull people that like have worked with him, um, who uh, aren't necessarily against him. Um, not necess- I- and I'm not sure that there's a, a true supporter in there anywhere. But um, but it's you know it's it's as fair as you can be to someone who's an, an avowed bigot, uh, if that makes any sense. <laughs> um, so that's a great article: uh, the oral history of Trump's uh, racism in the Atlantic. And um, other than that, I've just been really devouring Chernobyl again and the, and the podcast. And I had a cool uh, Twitter exchange with some, some fans of the show about it recently. Um, and, you know, it's crazy how much this, this show is impacting people and how much we are looking inward and seeing what's happening with misinformation and, um, and just outright lies uh, that can lead to such terrifying results if we're not careful. Um, and if we're not fighting against it, I should say really, um, much more than just being careful, but actually pushing back in meaningful ways. You know, president Trump is going to be kicking off his, uh, reelection campaign here in Orlando. And, um, for all of the, the Florida man, um, kind of stereotypes about Florida, Orlando is a very progressive place. Um, incredibly progressive place and uh i think the the number i read was something like downtown orlando hillary clinton won like 72 percent of the vote or something um in the area where trump is going to be kicking off his uh his re-election campaign and um i just want to encourage everybody that day in orlando to to go out and do something positive you know i and i don't know if this is petty or not but I went and signed up for free tickets to the rally and then I'm just not going to use those tickets um, in hopes that there's at least two more seats that are empty in that arena um, in our fair city. Cause um, yeah, I just, don't, I want to draw as little attention to him as possible while also acknowledging the fact that this is the president of the United States who is running again and who I'm scared is probably going to win, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't, shouldn't fight back and we shouldn't, find meaningful and positive ways to to resist all right on that happy note thank you so much for listening y'all thank you to everybody thank you to abby and all the folks at swanee for setting this up and frank um for for getting us in touch i love y'all i appreciate y'all go out and create something cheers y'all